Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. If you really want to know how this war could impact our pocketbook, like here, you know, like maybe you're thinking, well, that's a world away. I'm not going to worry about it, which we all have to worry about it. Big implications here. But I think most will will realize the cost of it when um, it hits the pocketbook. And if Iran gets more involved, and it's already involved because it funds Hamas and Hezbollah, but if it gets more involved, which I suspect Joe Biden's trying to stop with his visit to Israel, the price we pay at the pump could surge because they're a member of OPEC, PEC, um, third largest contributor to you know, our oil supply of this dirty oil. And, you know, sadly, because Canada doesn't make a case for its energy, uh, we still rely on this oil. And they also control the Straits of Hormuz, so they can stop or play with them um, and tinker by delaying ships or stopping them altogether. There's so many unknowns, but if that happens, I mean, one of the reasons interest rates came down slightly is because fuel has been cheaper. But if it goes up, that means everything else goes up. I want to bring in uh, Dan McTagg to the conversation, president of the Canadians for Affordable Energy. Good to have you. It's been a while since we chatted. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, uh, despite the circumstances, uh, Alex. Yeah, there's just uh, so much at play here and so many variables. And so what are you watching? Because... Iran, I think, is champing at the bit here to get involved. But if they can get the terrorists to do their dirty work, they will. But what are you hearing rumblings as far as oil? Well, oil has anywhere to go uh, from where it is now, uh, trading in the 83 to $84 range. And by the way, that's up from 66 to 68 because Saudi Arabia uh, and OPEC have decided uh, some time ago to correct the market and force it back to 90 by cutting back oil production, um, they have that much sway. And I think your introduction was quite correct. A country like Canada has third largest provable reserves in the world, has not stepped up to the plate. Uh, it's using trains to send as much oil as it can to the United States. And that, in turn, hopefully props up the Canadian dollar, which, of course, is not doing so well these days and explains a lot of why we see inflation where it is. But it's the elephant in the room that no one wants to discuss. But the geopolitical tensions of two wars at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. involving, uh, you know, pretty significant energy producers. Uh, and, of course, just the premium risk uh, means that oil uh, and energy prices uh, could, you know, could could skyrocket to levels we haven't seen since 1981. And, and, and is Iran, uh, you know, saber rattling? Because it's such a big tool for them to use because they know everyone's reliant on them. I mean, it'd be a nightmare for the Biden administration. Um, but again, uh, you know, so much of the world relies on this dirty oil um, they know it's a tool. It's it's a it's a tool that they can uh, play with. And the order has changed. Uh, they're in alliance with China and with Russia. Um, they have been given, uh, you know, to some extent, a lessening of the sanctions that were in place by the previous administration. The, the Trump administration has now been somewhat relaxed by the Biden administration yeah. in its pursuit <clears throat> of uh, more oil. 
uh, you know, uh, six billion bucks was uh, mm-hmm. was given back, uh, and we now have the same Biden administration that killed the Keystone yeah. XL pipeline that would have given the United States enough oil to uh, to fend for itself, especially the heavy oil that needs to make diesel. You don't fight a war and you don't protect your security if you don't have diesel. Uh, gasoline is great, but diesel's key here. Um, you know, but we've also seen, I mean, energy is a weapon. Yeah. It is a weapon now used. I mean, we've been worried about Russia cutting off lines uh, to Ukraine. I mean, we know that it is used now as a, as a weapon of war. Yeah, and, and global security, it does parallel energy security. And so, you know, I, I, a lot of people can say, oh, no, well, we climate and this and that. I mean, look, at the end of all of this, um, if we aren't keeping ourselves focused on what we need to do, uh, Europe, North America uh, has a lot to lose here. Mm-hmm. Uh, these folks are not going to wait for us uh, to make up our minds and to resolve whether it's an affordability issue, an energy crisis issue, or whether it's a climate issue. They have their agenda, and we saw that agenda terribly and, and, and disgustingly played out in Israel on October the 7th. I, I think it's time for us in Canada uh, to, to be mature about this and, and not get involved in the invective that says one or the other. I think we can do all. We're a very clean country. Uh, when it comes to energy, we're also a very diverse country. But when you have our best partners coming and knocking our door saying, can you give us more natural gas and oil, like Japan did, yeah. uh, like, uh, yeah. like, like Germany did, and we say no because there's no business case, that to me is an abandonment of reality. And I think uh, to the prime minister of our country who did that, not just an opportunity loss, but uh, uh, you know, at a time of, like this, it's hard to reconcile why a country like Canada didn't step up to the plate. We've done it before. Yeah. Uh, the 1940s were a good example. We should be doing it again. Yeah, and if, I mean, anyone living through the 70s knew all the problems with fuel shortages and all the yeah. rest of it, I mean, you do need energy. But, I mean, you were once upon a time the Minister of Foreign Affairs, so you have some experience in this area, and you'd be part of the conversations going on behind the scenes. I mean, we, we in this country won't even designate the, the Iranian um, Revolutionary Guard a terror entity, and it's been called on the Trudeau government several times. If they can't do it now, they're never going to, ever. You know, I saw something from Henry Kissinger that I thought was very interesting, saying, you know, the, the fact is we have uh, transitioned in such a dramatic way that the country, all countries, are, are affected by uh, inability to, you know, to make those kind of changes as there's so many new competitive uh, ideas and voices out there, and uh, they really are distorting uh, the, the future outlook. Uh, by the way, I mean, I was a uh, responsible point man for Canadians abroad, never made more parliamentary secretary, but I was given the... Uh, the role of minister uh, with my privy councillor designation in all of this. So, uh, you know, Alex, I think there is uh, a need for a complete revision of how we see the world in Canada. And it's, uh, we have an opportunity to help the world by, by providing more energy and to provide our, you know, our once traditional ability to mediate between and broker between. I mean, I, Golan Heights, good example. Yeah. I mean, Canada played a very important role in that. Today, we can't muster more than, a, you know, a handful of individuals who have to buy their own food in order to be able to, uh, to serve abroad. I think there has to be a fundamental change in the way we think and uh, the way in which we are proceeding because the current, the status quo doesn't work. And I don't think there's any Canadian out there who will debate that. No, no I mean, it's, a, it's the most dangerous uh, we, point we've been in, uh, you know, 60, 70 years. So it's, it's a completely different um, uh, tide. Um, your thoughts on Biden going tomorrow? I mean, he's obviously, I mean, it's, it's very, very consequential, right? <clears throat> because, you know, he went to Ukraine, but it took him a year to get there. Yeah. Like, it was dangerous. This is way yeah. more dangerous. You know, it would be quite the achievement for, for uh you know, taking out a prime or a president's plane, or there's got to be so much, so much security, but it's consequential. And it's also very it's, symbolic. 
very symbolic, very consequential, and uh, demonstrating, of course, the residual power that the United States has. Uh, uh, and a lot of attention is going to be focused on this, the extent to which it is successful in mediating and providing uh, you know, a, a security for Israel while at the same time getting rid of terrorist organizations is, is paramount. There is no room in between now. It's going to be a very fine line for the president and others to walk. Um, there is really no wiggle room here. Either you get rid of Hamas and its, uh, uh, and its funders and its associates, or you don't, which is why yesterday's vote in House of Commons was such a tragedy that uh, Liberals and uh, New Democrats uh, could not find their way to supporting the Conservative motion. I think it was Motion 350 on, uh, on labeling IRG uh, G, the, uh, a terrorist organization. That aside, I think it's uh, it's high time that Canadians begin to recognize that they play a very important role here. Yes, it's important what the United States does, but Canada could make a send a significant signal to the world if tomorrow its prime minister stood up and said, "I'm building two extra pipelines to tide waters." So anybody who thinks that they can play the oil game in order to keep the world at bay uh, may want to think about uh, or rethink their strategy. I think the world would be a safer place if countries like Canada could get our natural gas and our oil to, to the world markets, which the world desperately needs. Tough lesson to learn after the fact, but uh, maybe in 20 years we'll be able to offer that. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, I'm out of time. Dan, we'll uh, continue to follow this and see where it goes. Wanted to put that on the radar, though, for people to watch. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Alex. That's uh, Dan Mateg joining us. So we'll probably know, I would think, in the next few days, the role of Iran. But that is certainly an implication to think about, other than all the others. And there are some very big ones.